Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. Good Sunday morning. This is July 10th. I believe it is the 10th, um, 9th or 10th. I got to look at the calendar. I'm um, 2022. Well, good morning to you. Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's early in the a.m. It's 543 a.m. in Dallas, Texas. And this is Dr. Pearly Martin with Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. I dropped in briefly for a second, for a minute, for a moment. Can I just get your heart, your ear, your your mind, your attention, just for a second? Um, today I want to talk about just simply uh, obedience to God. A heart checkup. A heart checkup. A heart checkup. Vitamin supplements, what are you, you know, vitamin supplements, a heart checkup. I'm not for sure, but we're getting ready to get into it. We're just going to say what God wants us to say. I'm driving down the street this a.m. and I just hear the Lord just begin to talk to me about some things. Um, But we're going to pray first. You guys know we're going to pray. Father, we just thank you for being together with us, for being in the midst of us. And Lord God, we ask that you just... Show us, show me me, Lord, everything in us, Father, that's contrary to who you are. Show us, Father, and deliver us from it. Deliver us from it in the name of Jesus, Father, because our heart desires to fulfill your desire, Father. For you said truly that our spirit is willing, but it's our flesh that's weak, Father. So, Holy Spirit, we ask, Father, we ask that you just help us. You said the Holy Spirit is our helper. You will not leave us comfortless. And it's the spirit, it's your spirit that even willeth us to want to do good, to want to do the right thing, Father. And so we come here together, Father, not to rebel against you, but to yield to you and and to be doers of your word and not hearers only. So, Father God, we just thank you for your wisdom. We thank you for your revelation knowledge that will be imparted through us and to us. Give us ears to hear and a heart to receive what the spirit of the living God is saying. And Lord, as I open my lips, my mouth, use my lips of clay to speak. For you told the apostle that he didn't have to think about what he was going to say, that when he opened his mouth, you would speak through him. So, Father, I yield my members to you again today, this day. And I say, speak to me, Lord. Speak through me, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, I pray. Thank you, thank you, thank you guys again for joining in. So this again is Dr. Pearly Martin with Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. You guys hit that support button. Um, if you'd like to leave a prayer request, leave, hit on the message button. And we're getting ready to begin. I'm, again, I'm here in my car. And I'm, I want to talk about, I guess I want to talk about surrender. I want to talk about surrender. I want to talk about King Saul. Because in... Um, Second Samuel, again, I'm in the car, I was driving, and I just heard the Lord start talking to me about some things about how when he tells us to do stuff, you know, King Saul, you know, um, he started out doing what God wanted him to do. He did. He started out in obedience, but somewhere along the way, he started doing what he wanted to do. I mean, he still had the title. He still had the title of king and he was still sitting on the throne as a king, but his heart had drifted far away from the Lord. And somewhere along the way, I don't know, I don't know, this is just me talking. Maybe he just began to believe, have confidence in himself. 
somewhere along the way, I believe that Saul began to have confidence in himself. And the reason I said it, I want to talk about self-confidence. If I wanted to title it something, it would be called self-confidence. Saul began to have confidence in himself, in his own ability, in his own decision-making. Because God had told Saul to go in and to destroy everything. Everything. Don't leave anything living. He was wiping. That was his way of just doing away with the sins of that generation. But Saul, in his own wisdom, you know, Proverbs tells us to be not wise in our own eyes, but fear the depart from evil. Fear of the Lord, depart from evil. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. How many of you know that? That when we get begin, the more we begin to hate evil, the more we'll begin to do good. <laughs> the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. We're to hate what God hates, not the person. We're to hate the sin, not the person, uh, but love the person. Hate the actions, hate the behavior, because that's being motivated by a spirit. I'm trying to stay on subject here. Um, but Galatians 5, 19, 20, 21, down in there, talks about the works of the flesh. Okay? So the devil works through our flesh. The devil works through our fleshly behaviors. Read Galatians 5, 19, 20, 21. There's a bunch of them in there. And it tells us what the works of the, the fruits of the spirit is and what the works of the flesh is. So God hates the works of our flesh because the flesh is enmity against him. It's, it's an enemy to God because the flesh wants to do what it wants to do. And Saul began to walk in the flesh. And he began to do, like, like some of us, like all of us, when we don't do what God tells us to do, we start doing what we want to do. And so he was trying to make it, he was trying to justify his wrong behavior. Are you trying to justify, you know, your wrong behavior? We, we try to, we kind of do that sometimes, we try to justify our wrong behaviors. Because, see, Saul, God told Saul what to do. And he did part of what he did, but he didn't do everything what he said. So it's just a little leaven that leavens the whole lump in it. And it really is the small foxes that spoil the vine. The Bible says that King Solomon, he did not obey God completely. Because in the end, King Solomon did what God told him not to do. He told him not to intermarry uh, with those uh, with other foreign women because it would turn his heart towards other gods. But he followed the Lord most of his life he was. But he did not, the Bible says he did not follow him completely. How many of you know that we must follow the Lord completely? And we cannot justify our wrong behaviors. So how was King Saul trying to justify his wrong behavior? Because he 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 began to have confidence in himself and he he began to have confidence in his ability and he began to have confidence in his own decision making. Um, and, and how many of you know that whenever we don't do what God say do, not only is it rebellion, but it's unbelief. So I said, what is the sin that leadeth to sin? Unbelief. It's the sin of unbelief, not believing God. He obviously didn't believe what God said. So when we don't believe what God say, we start to believe what we say. And we start to justify justifiable wrong behaviors. So how was he trying to justify his wrong behavior? Well, he started trying to justify his wrong behavior by saying, well, I'll just, I'll sacrifice this unto the Lord. 
You know, I know it's not every, but maybe if I could, I can pacify him. You know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do this in the name of the Lord. I'm going to, even though God told me to do this, I'll preach more. I'll pray more. I'll tithe more. I'll serve more. <laughs> you know, we're trying to justify. We're trying to do thing of it, everything other than what God has told us to do. You know, Jonah said, I'll go and I'll, I, I don't want to go to Tarnish. Let me, I don't want to go to Nineveh. No, Tarnish. I want to go to Nineveh. One of them. But anyways, he was wanting to do what he wanted to do. He said, I'll preach. I just don't want to go there. You know, but how many of you know that we don't get to have it our way? God is our father as believers. God is our father. Right? When we the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. So I guess I have to ask the question. Is God your father? Because when God is our father and we see ourselves as children, then as children, we call ourselves, you know, the Bible calls us children of God, sons of God, daughters of God. You know, so when God is our father, we begin to be obedient to what he say. Those who are the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. How many of you know that our obedience to God comes out of our love for God? There's no condemnation because, like we always talk about, everything is rooted in relationship. Relationship, 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 right? The more you love someone, the easier it is to obey them. The more we love someone, the easier but it is to obey. I want to talk about these justifiable behaviors. So God didn't give him. He said, "Okay, I'm going to make it right by saying, you know, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to, I'm going to sacrifice these goats to the to to God. You know, this this is going to make things better. No, I'm not doing everything that He says, but I, but I'm going to try to make it better because I'm going to see up in the name of God. I'm going to still do something. I mean, I'm going to preach more. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to, you know, I want to give another sacrifice, God. I don't want to make that sacrifice. I don't. I don't want to do that. Let me do this instead. I don't want to do that. Uh, this is what I want to do, but it's still going to be in your name. You see, I'm still going to sacrifice these. These I'm going to save the best. I'm going to save the best calves, the best goats. I'm going I'm to save them for you. You see, are you doing things in the name of God that God didn't ask you to do? Because we're trying to justify those wrong behaviors, that guilty conscience, that conscience is being convicted. But we're trying to bring uh, these sacrificial offerings, this praise, this prayer, this worship. I'm, I'm going to do it 10 times now, Lord. I'm, I'm trying to make up. I'm trying to justify when in fact the Lord said, Saul, obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is better than you uh, going to church 10 times a day. I need you to do what I said. Obedience is better than you trying, you, you know, you still trying to do things your way. You're making up all these excuses. And just because it didn't happen for you last time don't mean it won't happen for you. This time you got all these excuses as to why you won't do what my words say to. There is no condemnation. But I'm talking about justifiable behaviors. And how many of you know that when we when we knowingly disobey God, it's just outright pride because we're we're we um we're set in our own ways. We 
we become wise in our own eyes and we're thinking that I'm smarter than you God I know this is what you said but this don't make sense to me so because this don't make sense to me then I'm gonna you know I'm gonna have to do it like this that's being wise in your own eyes Proverbs says, lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge God, and he will direct your path. Depart from evil. Do not be wise in your own eyes and depart from evil. Because when we become wise in our own eyes, we begin to think that we know more than God. And King Saul thought that he knew more than God. God told him to kill everything. He said, no, I'm going to keep this right. I'm going to keep this part, and and then I'm going to give it to you in the name of God. (laughs) He thought, well, if I put God in it, then that'll make it better. You're trying to pacify God, but that's not how it works. It's like a man who abuses or or a spouse who abuses his spouse. Women too, because women are abusive too. So it's like a spouse who abuses his spouse. And, And instead of saying that they're sorry, they try to pacify them by giving them gifts. And we're supposed to understand that this is how they say they're sorry. But really, in fact, all it is is pride. Because you're too prideful to humble yourself and just say the word. I'm sorry. And when people have a problem with pride, it's very hard for them to say they're sorry. So they'll do other things to pacify that, justify that wrong behavior. See, I want to show you uh, just to keep from saying the word. How many of you know that true humility is not in how many times we go to the building... It's not in giving our body to burn. It's not in the our, our sacrifices to God. That's not true humility. True humility is our obedience to God. The Lord said to King Solomon, I mean King Saul, excuse me, and King Solomon too, he said, but he said to King Saul, he said, King Saul, obedience is better than sacrifice. You want to sacrifice this lamb, this goat, you kept the best for me, but that's not what I told you to do. I don't want that because that's not what I asked you for. See, we we want to try to, we can't strong arm or compromise with God. You know, the uh, uh, the prophet Balaam, he let him go on and do what he wanted to do. He had already told him no, not to go and curse his people. But he was just bent on trying to do what he wanted to do. So the Lord said, okay, go on and go. He was wanting, he's trying to strong arm him and trying to manipulate the will of God because this is what he wanted. And when we try to manipulate the will of God, we'll try to twist the word. Isn't that what the devil does? He twists it and he takes things out of context. And that's what he did to Eve in the garden. He's like, did God really say? You know, he wants to twist it. That well, that's surely King Saul, um, you know, that's not God what, what God really meant. You know, surely he doesn't want me to sacrifice all the calves and the, the livestock. I mean, these are pretty in pretty good shape. We can keep these and sacrifice them to him, but that's not that wasn't his word to him. He became wise in his own eyes, and he began to have self confidence, and he he began to become strong in himself, and he forgot and he didn't realize that it's not self confidence, it's God's confidence, and the the only reason he lived, move, and have his being, and the only reason we live, move, and have our being, and the only reason we're able to breathe, the very breath we breathe. From, comes from our God, our Abba Father, who created us. And the only reason we can live, move, and have our being is because of Christ who strengthens us. We're not strong. 
You know, we like to we like to say, it's the Bible say let the weak say that they're strong, but we're talking about in Christ. You know, it's not self-confidence, it's God's confidence. You know, the Bible say we must decrease so God can increase. Because when we begin to come wise in our own eyes, and, you know, a lot of times we hear people say, well, I'm strong. You know, I'm the strong one in the family. I've always been the strong one in the family. Let's back up off of that. Um, because let's not have no confidence in our own ability. No no confidence in our own arm of flesh. The Bible say have no confidence. I know I'm stripping some of you of your of your with your prideful selves. There's hold on, wait a minute. The only reason we're strong is because we're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. When we when we begin to think that we're strong outside of God, that's when we become like King Saul. You know, I, I, I got this. We become wise in our own eyes. Step back, God. I got this. I can figure this out. But when we want to do, and remember, delayed obedience is still disobedience because until we do what God say, do it doesn't matter how many burnt offerings that we bring to him. It doesn't matter how many sacrifices we make for him. It doesn't matter how many sermons we pray for him. It doesn't matter how many prayers until we do what God tell us to do. We are operating in rebellion. Rebellion is equal to the sin of witchcraft. The Lord is saying this offering is not acceptable. This offering, Abel, Cain and Abel. (laughs) It was like, this offering is not acceptable. There's nothing you can do to pacify me. You cannot manipulate me. You know, the spouse that be, that abuses the spouse might bring home roses, might bring home a ring. You know, they, they can win. Sometimes they can win them over with the gifts. But their heart has not changed. Their behavior has not changed. And they, they're so full of pride, they can't even say they're sorry. And God is saying, you can't do me like that. You can't pacify me. I am the Lord. I change not. So until you do what I ask you to do, what I've told you to do, I'm telling you that obedience is better than sacrifice. I preached in your name. I cast out devils in your name. I clothed the naked in your name. I fed the hungry in your name. I gave, I, I did this in your name. And I did this. And he's like, depart from me. You worker in iniquity. I never knew you. Because you never, you didn't do what I told you to do. You did what you wanted to do. You, you had works, but you had no worship. You had works, but you had no relationship because you was doing what you wanted to do. My word clearly tells you about adultery. My word clearly tells you there's no condemnation. This is a teachable moment. I'm trying to get us to see that we cannot manipulate the will of God. It doesn't matter how many sermons we preach. It doesn't matter how many Bible studies we teach. It doesn't matter none of that. Until we do what he tells us to do, obedience is better than our sacrifices. It's better than the sacrifices. We cannot pacify God. We cannot manipulate God. We cannot change the mind of God. And we cannot change the heart of God. Yes, we can't stand in the gap and intercede and pray. But that's, again, praying the will of God. Um, Lot stood in the gap and he prayed for the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. He said, Lord, if I find if I find 50 righteous men, will you not destroy the city? He said, okay, if you can find 50, go on. He was interceding for the people. God, you know, he would, he looked for a man to stand in the gap. There he was. Abraham said, I'll stand. I'll intercede for him, Lord. 
he already knew he wasn't going to find them because he already knew the hearts of the people. Some of us are not getting new words because we, we haven't did the last word. And we're like, Lord, I'm, you know, and then sometimes it's just what the Lord is saying. And it's, it's a word to the people. And that's what he's saying. That's the season. This is what I'm saying in this season. This is what I need you to keep on teaching on, keep on talking, because everybody has is not receiving it. But in order to go to that next level, you got to do what he's saying to do at this level. The reason we're not growing is sometimes it's because we're not being obedient. Dead things don't grow. Um, but we just kind of sometimes we find we're still going through the motions. You could be going through the motions and be backsliding. You can be singing in the choir and be backsliding. You can be ushering at the door and be backslidden. You can be giving your clo- your food, feeding the hungry and be backslidden. You can be clothing the naked and be backslidden. <laughs> what what causes us to be our obedience to God? We have to be obedient to what He tells us to do. We have to do what God say do. We have to walk in love. The Holy Spirit is there to lead God and direct us. But the Holy Spirit it will also teach us how to walk in love. The Word of God tells us, Jesus said in the book of John, if the way you're going to know my disciples is by the love that they have. It, you know, it's more to it than just uh, our physical service to other people, but we have to have love in our heart. But it's the love of God that compels us. It's the love of God that draws us. Everything we do in word or deed, not only must we do it unto the Lord Jesus Christ, but our motive for our actions and our react, it must be love. Lord, I'm, I don't feel like doing this, but because I love you, it's my love to you that causes my obedience to you. This is why I'm doing I trust you because I, I know that because you love me, that you have my best interests at heart. And, and even though I don't feel like doing it, and even in the natural, it don't make any sense. I mean, for goodness sake, you tell Abraham to get up and leave his kin, folks. You tell him to get up and go to a place and he don't even know where he's going. It makes no sense to me, Lord. You tell this man you're going to give him a son, and then you go tell him to sacrifice his son, and thank God you interrupted it, but in the natural, it just made no sense. But how many of you know that God does, is a spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit as in truth. It's, God is not, it doesn't, he doesn't cater to our senses. <laughs> That's the flesh. Touch, taste, feel, hear. That, that is, that's the flesh. He'll tell you to do things that's contrary to what your flesh wants, what your flesh can understand. He say, bless those that curse you. That's, that's contrary to what our flesh want to do. He said, pray for those that despitefully use you. Pray for them. We want to tell them off. We want to give them a piece of our mind. But the Spirit of God is love, is truth, right? So when God asks us to do something, it's going to be in opposition of what our flesh wants. And just because our flesh don't want to do something does not mean that God is not telling us to do it. That's not what that means. So the prophet Balaam, he was going to go on and do what he wanted to do. After God had already told him, he said, hold on, let, wait a minute, let me, he told him the first time, no, he couldn't do it. Then they come back and they try to bribe him some more with some more money and stuff. And he was like, okay, let me go back and pray again. Nothing had changed. God no was still no. But how many of you know that if you want to do something, God will let you do it because love is choice. It's not force. 
right? Because God's love for us has nothing to do with us. Love is who he is. And when we begin to walk in love, we too will be able to love what people consider to be the unlovable. Because our love for others is not based upon who they are. It's not based upon what they do or don't do. When we have the love of God in us, we love others because God loves us. And that's what's in us. Our love is based upon the love that's in us. The love of God that's on the inside of us. The Bible says that when we were yet, God proved his love to us in Romans. That when we were yet sinners, he went on and died for the ungodly. Right. The Bible says that God is love. Love is who God is. This is who he is. He can't help but to love because love is who God is. It's like me saying I'm a woman. That's who I am. It doesn't matter what I do, how many surgeries I get or whatever. God created my body to be a woman. Because how many of you know that God is perfect in all his ways and he does not make mistakes? Okay, so God was not confused when he created me and when he created you. If he created me with female organs, then that means he created me as a woman, a female. He created one male and one female, the Bible says. And and I agree with that. And just because I don't, when you find your flesh, you know, we find our flesh not wanting to do what God tells us to do. Let's not try to bring sacrificial offerings to him, to try to pacify him. Because we, it's not about God trying to conform to what we want. It's about us conforming to what he wants. Because until we do what he says, it's not enough to know what he says. Matter of fact, the Bible says it's better not to know than to know and not follow. Because the one that know and don't follow, he's going to be beaten with more stripes than the one who knew and did not follow. Obedience is the key. Obedience is the key to reaching your destiny, your God-given divine, God-given destiny. And some of us are not going because we're not going. We're not doing what he tell us to do. But King Saul had become, he forgot that the gift that he had came from God. And so he began to get cocky and became wise in his own eyes, thinking he can, he can compromise and he can, he can change the mind of God to, to do what he wants. Because now I'm God, I'm in charge. But what happened was the anointing lifted, departed from him. The spirit of the Lord left him. And he wasn't even aware of it because he was still going through the motion. He still had the title. He still had the crown, but he didn't have the anointing. He had the position, but he didn't have no anointing. He was still preaching, but he didn't have no anointing. He was still teaching, but he didn't have no anointing. He was still praying, but when no yokes being destroyed. Because the anointing, the Spirit of the Lord had departed from him. How many of you know that you can grieve the Holy Spirit? We can quench the Holy Spirit. The Lord, the Lord, he will not override our will because love is choice and it's not force. So just because something doesn't make sense to you, it's not supposed to make sense to your five senses. Because if you can figure out God, then uh, no man, his, high, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his ways are higher than our ways. You never know how God is going to do something. So quit trying to figure out how he's going to get get that, how you're going to be in Africa and how you're going to be fly around the world. Quit trying to figure that out because his ways are not our ways. 
He does things in such a way. He uses a total stranger. I don't know about you, but the Lord has done some things in my life, and I thought, oh my God, I never, I could have never imagined that He was going to do it that way. I could have never imagined, you know, that because He'll use a stranger. I used to always tell people that God is faithful, and He, He who promised is faithful, and and if He has to bring a stranger from overseas somewhere to to do whatever it is He told me that He would do for me, then that's what He would do. So let's not try to figure him out. Our job is not to try to figure out how he's going to do what he say. Our job is to have faith in what he say and just believe that he's going to do what he say. Because he who promised is faithful. And God watched over his own word to perform it. God and his word is one. His word is his bond. And he cannot tell a lie. That's one thing God can't do. He cannot lie. Another thing he cannot do is fail. It's finished. It's finished. What is everything that we have came from God? So, Saul became wise in his own eyes, and he began to do what he wanted to do, and he did not depart from evil. But we think that we can bring these sacrificial offerings to Him. God, I won't do that, but I'll do this. I'll make it up to you in this way. No, God, I don't want to do that, but I'll do this. No, God, I don't want to pray, but instead, um, I go to church today. How about that? You know, this is not a swap meet. There's no condemnation. I'm just, I'm saying, now, in the natural, if you tell your children to do something, that's what you mean. I I need you to go wash dishes, and your child say, no, I didn't want to wash dishes. Instead, I made up the bed. Is that doing what you say? King Saul, you know, said obedience is better than sacrifice. Because, see, until we do what he say do, we're walking in rebellion. Yeah, but I'm still I'm still reading, I'm still praying, I'm still doing this, and I'm still doing that. You're doing everything except what he told you to do. You say, no, well, no, I didn't want to wash the dishes, but I made up the bed, I cleaned up the bathroom. Is that not rebellion? Because you didn't do what I told you to do. You, you're trying to um, bring me a sacrificial offering. You're trying to, you're bent on doing what you want to do. And so you, you're doing some good things, but they're not God things because that's not what I told you to do. What is it that God is telling you to do? Obedience is better than sacrifice. If I give my body to burn, it doesn't matter how many homeless people I feed. It doesn't matter how many pieces of clothes I give away. If I have not love, and if that's not what God is telling me to do, If he say, you know, you need to stay home today, you need to pray, or you need to stay home today, you need to study. I'm like, no, but no, God, you know, I want to go, I want to, I want to do this instead. How many of you know, he will let me do it because love is choice, not force. He's not going to override my will. But anytime I'm doing stuff, I'm not doing what God tell me to do. Lord, here, um. I'll give, what about if I give this to you? I'm I'm doing this in the name of God, of the name of the Lord. He said, no, you're not, because that's not what I told you to do. I told you to do this today. But you've been on doing what you want to do. And you know, the danger, let me tell you this. Some people are so committed to people. They're more committed to people than they are to Jesus. A person tells you to do something, but God said, no, that's not what I want you to do. But because that person told them to do it, they'll just go on and do it, knowing God. This is what I always tell people. When someone asks me to do something, something I was like, well, let me, I need to pray about that. Why? Because I need to make sure 
that that's what God is telling me to do because my allegiance is unto the Lord Jesus Christ. And by, I could be, it's better to be obedient. It's better to be uh, obedient to God than to obey man. I need to make sure I've had to say no to some ministry positions. No, I can't do that. Why? Because the Lord had already told me, listen, this is what you have ahead of you. He showed me, this is what you have in front of you. This is not what, you cannot carry the weight of that. That will be a weight to you. And and I know just as good when I say no to something that God tells says no to. Because if, when I'm, because how many know that God's peace is his release? Okay. So if God gives you his peace, that's his okay. That's his release. When I've given my yes, when I was supposed to say no, instantly a spirit of heaviness comes on me. That's how I know. That's not God. And, and I have to go back and I have to get my word. The Bible says that if you keep your wind snared by the words of our mouth. In other words, your word is supposed to be your bond. So if you tell somebody you're going to do something and you can't do it, then you need to go back and you need to contact that person and you need to take those words back. You need to say, oh, I'm so sorry I spoke too fast, but I can't do that. You need to go get those words back. Not Don't just not show up. Don't just not call. Don't just not text. Do something. Because when I can't, when a person can't trust your word, what you say, they definitely can't trust what you do. You and your word is supposed to be one. A man's word is supposed to be his bond. So if you say you're going to do something, can't do it. Call him up and say, hey, I'm so sorry. I know I said this. I said that. Okay, so um, our sacrifices. Our sacrifices. Let's quit bringing God what we want. And let's start giving God what he asks. Obedience is better than sacrifice. We have to put our life in alignment with what the word says. How do you know if your life is in alignment? Well, um, are you walking to be in alignment with God? We have to walk in agreement with God. Because when we're not walking in agreement with God, we're being wise in our own eyes. And like King Saul, we too are saying, Lord, I got this. I know what I know what he said. I know what his word said. I know, I know what his his, you know, I, I you know, there's some things you don't have to pray about because you can read it and see what he says. This is God and his word is one. So he said, I'm just using this because we can identify with it. He said, you know, let him to still steal no more. Right? So I don't have to pray about if I should steal something. Because the will of God is clearly written, it's clearly known that this is not what God wants me to do. So where the will of God is clearly known, I don't have to pray about it. It's right there. He's telling me, listen here, do not commit adultery. Okay? I don't have to pray about if I should commit adultery. The will of God is clearly known. Well, the will of God is clearly known. I don't have to pray about it. If anything, I might have to pray and say, Lord, help me not to strengthen me. Give me the grace. But to say, let me go and pray if this is what God wants me to do. Where the will of God is clearly known. Sometimes the will of God is clearly known. Okay? So what is the counsel of God concerning marriage? What is the counsel? The word of the life really does have a manual. You know, I, I see people saying sometimes on Facebook, too bad kids don't come with the manual. Kids do come with the manual. Marriage comes with the manual. Life comes with the manual. The Bible is the manual. That's our manual strip. That's the blueprint to our everyday life. If you got a problem, really, there really is a promise. And God said, you know what? Ask me for wisdom. Uh, you know, it ain't going to say in there, go work at this job. It's not going to say that. But it's going to have some stuff in there to talk about work. 
Pray, go ask God for wisdom. And then don't move, don't come up off of it, don't do nothing until you have his peace or you have his word. God's peace is his release. I, I, I'm getting ready to tell you, when the, grace, when the grace is gone, it's time to move on. Because when the grace of God is gone, the anointing, to, the ability to do it, he's not giving you his ability to do it anymore. And you're working by the sweat of your own brow. And that's when it becomes work and not rest. Because when God, he said, Mike, take upon my yoke. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so when the Lord is anointing you to do something, it's not going to be hard because he's gracing you to do that thing. And you're not having to do it in your own ability. You're not having to do it in your own strength. You're not having to do it in your own arm of flesh. See, when Samson lost the anointing, when it departed from him because of his disobedience, not obeying God, because once again, he was not supposed to go down there. And uh, he was a Nazarite. He wasn't gonna, supposed to go and intermarry with uh, with Delilah. She was of a different tribe. But he did not listen. He did not listen. So he did what he wanted to do. Right? So in the end, he repented. And God gave him and caused his hair to grow. And he strengthened him to finish his assignment but he died also and we'll learn the lesson and we'll listen we won't have to learn the lesson when wisdom cry out when the Lord is using someone to tell you something or you've read it in the word or you heard it on TV YouTube wherever and you hear wisdom crying out saying listen here don't do that but yet we're just bent on doing our own thing because we have these justified behaviors. I know he's not married, but I know he's not saved, but I'm going to marry him anyways because I'm going to fix him up later. I say, welcome to the school of hard knocks. Um, it, you know, the Bible says it's the way of the transgressor that's hard. Why is this the sinner? The way of the sinner is hard because the sinner is just, they're not relying on God. They're just doing it in their own, um, they're relying on their own wisdom. They're being wise in their own eyes. And they doing it in their own arm of flesh. And God is not working with them. I, you know, I did this podcast and the podcast is entitled, Is God Resisting You? Um, what do you mean by that? Well, the Bible tells us that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, he said, depart from, depart from, be not wise in your own eyes. Because when we're wise in our own eyes, when we think we're smarter than God, when we think we can live this life without the creator who gave us life. Go on, God, I got this. And, and, and you know, as rebellious kids, we do it. Our parents try to tell us not to do stuff. And, oh, go on, you don't know what you're talking about. That we're just being wise in our own eyes, just full of pride. So if you, we will listen to wisdom. We don't have to. We don't have to learn the lesson, and we'll listen. Uh, we don't have to go through the schools of hard knocks. They're trying to, you know, it's like what you're going through. I already did. I'm familiar with those spirits. I operated under the influence of that same spirit that's influencing, that's trying to influence you. That generational curse that's trying to come down through my bloodline. We break them in Jesus' name. I'm telling you, I'm familiar with that spirit. I know what you're doing. I know why you're doing what you're doing because I'm familiar with that spirit. I've encountered it. I've entertained it. I've given into it. And I know the operation. I know the destruction of it. I know the plan that it has for you. But I'm telling you, I'm, I'm no longer on that side. I'm on this side now. 
And I'm here to warn you. And wisdom is crying out and saying, listen here, don't do that because this is what's connected to that. I understand the assignment. I understand the purpose of that familiar spirit. It wants to take you away from God. It's a distraction. I'm telling you, I know what I'm telling you. I know what I'm talking about because I'm familiar with that spirit. I'm not talking about experience. I'm talking about spirits. You know, there's familiar spirits. And whenever you've encountered a familiar spirit, you have authority in that area. You have dominion. God has given us dominion and authority, period. But what I'm saying is, when you have overcome, when you've already you've defeated that demon in that arena, you've overcame him. Now you have the power and authority and ability to help someone else to be able to maneuver through that, you know, to take authority over that spirit. You're familiar with that spirit. Before before you recognize who it was and what it was, it was able to 